Greg Kelly Show. Yeah, the uh, that game show host, he's the White House spokesman, and he's more articulate than K. John Pierre, whatever her name, but uh, he's so weak. And here's the message. Uh, we will we will respond appropriately, and we don't want to escalate conflict. You know, you got to – it's – they smell weakness. Hell, you don't even smell it. It's like you don't need a <laughs> – you can see it. It's right there. Our posture, this is endangering our troops. It's endangering all of us. This weakness, it comes from the top down. Joe, Joe Biden, he is conflicted. He is compromised. I don't want any trouble. We just don't. That's not a foreign policy. Peace through strength. Peace through strength. That's been our doctrine for 80 years. Even before. Talk softly but carry a big stick, right? Who was that, Teddy Roosevelt? Now it's a please leave us alone. Promise. Promise we won't give you any part time. Just leave us alone. Hey, the Houston Texans play at, yep, NRG Stadium. <laughs> NRG does not have the ring of the Astrodome, right? Which I think has fallen into disrepair. I think that thing might be out of out of commission. All right, I knew this guy would uh, would be a fixation of the media, but now he's really done it. Although the media is eating it up and defending him, I'm talking about Yusef Salam, one of the Central Park Five. Um, before we get into, he's a councilman now, if you can believe that. He is a city councilman. Um, because he used that, um, well, that thing that he was, look, he was in the park that night and everybody on videotape said that Yusef Salam was involved. They said it. And well, you, all those, those, those were coerced confessions. No, they weren't. If you are being coercive about a uh, confession, the last thing you do is videotape it. (laughs) And the last thing you do was have the parents of the people sitting in there. Just to go back to 1990 for a moment. Uh, now, he has denied it all along. He admitted to bringing a 12-inch long metal pipe into the park, along with 50 other youths. But it was given to him by a friend, and he had it for safekeeping. safekeeping. He saw several other youths beating someone near the jogging track, but it wasn't me. But here's the frame of mind of this guy. Salam said he stumbled on a bum he thought was dead, but ran away without notifying the police. If I had touched that person, my fingerprints would have been on him, Yusef Salam said. Hmm. Did you call for help? No. Did you stay in the park? Yes, I did, Yusef Salam said. How about that one? Salam said that soon after entering the park, he left his 50 companions as they were climbing a hill because I got tired. He said he never saw a touch or attack the jogger the night of April 19th, 1989. I don't remember a female jogger being assaulted. That would have stood out most in my mind. The defendant was asked why he entered the park at night. I thought it would be fun. Yeah, ask that, uh, ask that couple on the two-seater bicycle. That was assaulted. Ask that former Marine who had his head bashed in. Possibly with that metal pipe you were walking around with. Yusuf Salam is a bad dude. And now he's a city councilman. And what makes him even uh, more of a bad dude is that very few people in New York uh, know enough to know that. (laughs) 
Oh, he's part of the exonerated five. How beautiful. No, you don't know the, you don't know a damn thing about that case. I love asking people, okay, the Central Park Five are exonerated. Hey, by the way, who are the Central Park Five? Uh, that councilman guy. Yeah, but who else? That, okay, name the other four. And they can't name, they can't name one of them. They can't name Corey Wise or Raymond Santana, um, Antron McRae. They can't name anybody else. So this guy gets pulled over by the NYPD. But he's a councilman now, and he happens to be black, and he thinks that uh, somehow you don't get pulled over if you're a black councilman, even if you have tinted windows that are against the law. Now, let's see here. We have it from, I'd like to take this one uh, from th- Cut 30, please. Cut 30. You're gonna, this is police body cam footage. And um, you also have the CBS News anchor because I wanted to leave her voice in this because you're going to hear what Yusef Salam, his actual statement in response to all this. All right, go ahead with Cut 30. Newly elected city councilman Yusuf Salam, who was wrongfully convicted and imprisoned as part of the Central Park Five case, says he was stopped by police without an explanation. It comes days before the council is scheduled to meet to override Mayor Adams' veto of the How Many Stops Act. That act would require documentation of every stop conducted by police. The NYPD says last night's stop was proper because Salam's car windows were tinted beyond the legal limit. We're now going to play the entire of the police body cam footage from that stop. Roll the back one for me too. We roll your back window, please. Hey, hello, I'm Officer Kentucky from the 26 Precinct. I'm Council Member Salam. Oh, Council Member? This district, district now. Oh, okay. Uh, Have a good one. Yeah. You're, you're working, right? All right, take care, sir. Stop. Take care, sir, right? You heard that? Take care, sir. Now, the anchor lady over on Channel 2 is going to read the statement from, uh, from Yusef Salam, what he said about what you just heard. Keep going. Salam released a statement about the stop, reading in part, I introduced myself as Councilman Yusuf Salam and subsequently asked the officer why I was pulled over. Instead of answering my question, the officer stated, we're done here and proceeded to walk away, as you heard. Stop. And now the anchor is kind of lazily going along with this. We're done here. He didn't say we're done here. We're done here kind of sounds a little bit aggressive, right? We're done here. Like you're in charge. The cop was totally courteous, totally and completely courteous. Um, and oh, by the way, does a councilman just get away with having tinted windows uh, when, when we're not supposed to have tinted windows? Seem like councilman, I'm councilman Salam. As if he, well, so what? So, all right. I don't fault the cop for giving the guy a little bit of a break. I've gotten a break from a cop. I've also gotten tickets from cops. So, um, He makes a federal case out of this thing. He's going on and on and on about how unfairly treated he was. And a lot of the media are taking his side. So, number one, his statement is misleading, if not outright false. We're done here? He didn't say that. Cop did not say that. And I could not hear um, Yusef Salam ask 
why he was pulled over. I heard him say, um, Yusef Salam, um, Councilman Salam, this is my district, District 9, I believe he said. And then I heard some muttering. Hey, if the policeman is not going to write a ticket, he wants to get the hell out of there because it's dangerous standing on the side of the road. It is. Why stay out there when you don't have to? And, oh, by the way, it's cold. <laughs> so um, so he's in. Uh, he's throwing a fit about this, and that's what... That's what activists like Youssef Salam do. Hey, the last time he threw a fit, made many, many, many millions of dollars. Many millions of dollars. In fact, he was driving a pretty sweet BMW. I'm talking 7 Series, it looked like to me. Now, what happens when a white woman who is an office holder announces herself as an office holder to a police officer? Her life gets destroyed. Her total life gets destroyed. This happened to a woman. She was Chief O'Connor, Mary O'Connor, in the Tampa Police Department. This happened about a year and a half ago. I still think about her. She's driving, her husband is driving a golf cart near a country club. Throughout Florida, they got golf carts all over the place. They use golf carts like, like we use bicycles. They're just like, it's a thing down there. And they're driving along a golf cart. They get pulled over by the cops. <laughs> She's going, how fast can you go in a, in a golf cart, by the way? And everybody lost their mind, and she lost her job. And she identified herself as a police officer, which is, which is fine, which is totally fine. It happens. Cut 25, please. Deputy Chicago Sheriff's Office, stopped you because you're driving a tag or a unregistered vehicle with no tag on it on the roadway. Yeah, we were we went to the club. It was closed, so we went over and picked up some. Is your camera on? It is. I'm the police chief in Tampa. Oh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Okay. I'm hoping that you'll just let us go tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, now you say I, I. You look familiar, so. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I do. Okay. So, all right, folks. Well, uh, have a good night. Oh, all right. You ever need anything? Call me. Okay. Serious. All right. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. You're welcome. Thank you for your service. Thank you for yours. All right. You know what I liked about that video the most? The husband who's driving the golf cart, he was proud of his wife. He was proud of her. Now, I mean, yeah, did she come off a little obnoxious, you know, momentarily? Sure. Oh, I thought I recognized you, ma'am. Yeah, I'm sure you do. You know, whatever. It's no... (laughs) This is known as professional courtesy. Okay, he wasn't breaking the law. It wasn't. It wasn't a. Pro, it wasn't a big deal. Listen to what the fake news did with this one. Cut twenty four. It could have been just a simple traffic citation for driving a golf cart on a public street without a license plate. Tampa Mayor Jane Castor says it went beyond that when Mary O'Connor pulled out her badge and let a Pinellas County Sheriff's deputy know she was the chief of police in Tampa. This is not about a traffic stop in a golf cart. This is about integrity. This is, is something that our police department, uh, standards that we uphold, professionalism, integrity, ethics, to ensure that the community has that respect and trust of the Tampa Police Department. Today, for the first time, Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualteri commented on the situation involving O'Connor, saying 
his deputy did nothing wrong. Deputy Leary Jacoby did absolutely nothing wrong. I stand by him 110%. The person who did wrong was Mary O'Connor. It's had its consequences. The mayor's acted. Tampa's handling that. That's their business. Now, eight months after giving O'Connor the job over criticism from some members of city council, Castor says O'Connor is a disappointment. Very disappointing, clearly, to me personally, and then for our community as well. I gave Chief O'Connor a second chance, and that really is what makes this disappointment run so deep. Now she says the city will hire an outside firm to find a new chief of police. In all police chief searches, you want to ensure that you get the most qualified person for that position. And those individuals could come from outside the organization or from within the organization. Castor says she isn't sure how this incident will impact her own reelection chances. Well, all right, shut up with the mayor. Enough with her. My goodness gracious. What did she say? I am the chief of police in Tampa. I'm hoping you're going to let us go. That's an expression of the truth. She made two factually correct statements. Who isn't hoping that the cop is going to let them go? She is the chief of the Tampa police. She loses her job. Yusef Salam, they're going to have a committee hearing. They're going to have that. There's apologies are coming his way. Oh, my good. <laughs> the, the, the double standard doesn't do it justice. This is bizarro world, folks. Be right back. Greg Kelly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Greg Kelly Show. My uh, in-laws are leaving today back to Australia. Uh, Great having them around. I love my in-laws. Why was it for about, like, I don't know, 50 years, every joke in America seemed to have the in-laws as a punchline, right? I mean, you were supposed to, like, not get along with your in-laws. Jackie Gleason was, oh my gosh, he was uh, so famous and so brilliant and so hilarious about that. Remember? Five minutes I give your mother before she says something annoying. Five minutes! And of course, she gave away. She gave away the plot. She gave away the conclusion to "Murder Strikes Out." It was the hottest show on Broadway. She knew all along it wasn't the uncle; it was the husband who did it. You are a blabbermouth, blabbermouth. You blabbermouth. Anyway, I love them. Uh, there's Eva and there's Sam, Doctor Sam and Eva. I call uh, my my wife's father is a physician. I still call him doctor. I don't really call her Eva. I call her. I, I don't. I mean, I respect her, but I just don't. I, I don't call her. I don't call her Mrs. I, I just. Uh, I, I don't know. I just kind of react. I I get along with her great, especially when it comes to food. My wife has turned into this uh, nutritionist. I mean, my goodness, great. No carbs. No this. No that. Well, that does not. That does not stand for. Uh, 
a Jewish family from Australia. Bagels for everybody. And uh, my my mother-in-law was astonished. No bagels? And she went out and got a heap of bagels, pumpernickel, um, all flavors. Pumpernickel happens to be my favorite, all the stuff that goes on it. And uh, finally, my wife conceded, okay, he can have one. But you know what she tried to do? Empty it of all the good stuff. Take out, make the bagel a flagel. That's when they take out all the all the good soft bread, and make it a flagel. I vetoed that, and then when she was out of the room, I had to. So um, anyway, safe travels to them. You know we have a female pilots all over the place, especially in the military, and I actually think that's great. I, I flew with a, a handful of female pilots, and they were good, and um, like kind of like anybody else. You know, some were good, some not so good, some terrible, but just like the guys, just like the fellas. And uh, I also think, to be honest, it made men better. There's something kind of depressing and weird about an all-male environment, right? I mean, once you after grammar school, I don't think it should be all men or all women. You got to have intermingling, right? Because you're not going to have it anywhere else. You're not going to have it anywhere else in life. Why have it in the military? And it made people in the military even kind of more removed from from regular life. Does that make sense? All right. George CQ, no, General CQ Brown is the chief military advisor to the president of the United States. So tell me, why the hell do these guys do media interviews? You know, General Milley fell in love with his own reflection, fell in love with his own voice, fell in love with seeing himself on television and being friends with all these fake news reporters and leaking stuff to him and being the stars of their books. I, I, I see no memo has gone out to the to the force saying, avoid the fake news. Don't become the story. This man, C.Q. Brown, is an advisor to the president. Yesterday he was sitting there like he's the like he's the head of the military. He's not. He's not. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The title is more impressive than what he actually does. He's advising one guy, the president. And there he is talking about, and he seems to be holding his breath and kind of holding his nose at the prospect of Trump coming back. I think the man is a racist. I think the man has, is posing grave a grave threat to our national security. He certainly didn't stop that drone attack, did he? More when I come back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. listening to the Greg Kelly show. You know, I want to play for you uh, two little two little clips. One shows the best of the United States military and the other shows the worst of it. The worst of it. Wait, is there anything else to do on Yusuf Salam? I already told you about that poor lady down there, the chief. Why was she so vilified? In part because she's a woman, in part because she's white. Um, that's a big chunk of it. And, you know, there's nothing worse than a Karen these days, right? Gosh. And um, 
Now, I mean, this guy was pulled over for legitimate reasons, and this is controversial. Youssef Salam, how about that one? Sitting in the city council, it's a disgrace. It really is. It's horrible. All right, back to something motivating. Have you ever seen the Blue Angels, the F-18 aerial demonstration team? A friend of mine, Dave Koss, was once the commanding officer, my roommate. This guy was my roommate. And he went on to uh, command the Blue Angels. Um, I have to tell you, when you learn how to fly, she's right. She's going to talk about this. The thing that actually kept me up at night, I wanted to get jets, and I got jets, and then I heard something that they make you do when you're flying jets. They make you do barrel rolls in formation. I'm like, wait, what, 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 what? Yeah, barrel, a barrel roll is a loop combined with a roll. It's, it's, it's not a hard maneuver to do when you're by yourself, but to do such a maneuver in formation with another plane, well, it kept me up at night when I found, I, I was able to do it finally, but my goodness. And how about doing one of those with, uh, what, five other planes or four other planes? All right, so here she is. This is Amanda Lee is her name. She's a lieutenant in the United States Navy, and she is the first female to ever fly with the Blue Angels. Go ahead. I never saw the Blue Angels until I enlisted, and I was actually working in Oceana in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and they came there to do their air show that they do every year, and that was the first time I saw them, and it is absolutely stunning. You can't help but look up at the sky and watch that incredible performance, especially if you've never seen anything like that before, and I can't believe that. I'm sitting on this side of things this year. I'm Lieutenant Amanda Lee. I am number three, the left wing for the U.S. Navy Blue Angels. I grew up in Mounds View, Minnesota, and I've been in the military for over 16 years now. When I enlisted back in 2007, my initial goal was to go back to school for medical school. And when I picked up a commissioning source, all I knew was aviation. I was like, let's give pilot a shot. So I picked up pilot, and then my goal was to get back to the F-18 platform. And that's kind of how I found myself in fighter aviation. The, you know, the first time that you get in and, and fly the F-18, I remember the first time I lit afterburner, I giggled uh, so hard going down the runway because you get pushed back in the seat. The first time I did an aerobatic maneuver was actually in the T-6. I asked my instructor as I get all set on parameters, we're about to do a loop, and I'm like, do I just do it? He's like, you just do it. And we just, we just did it. And then you kind of get more practice after you get that first one out of the way. And it's the same thing here on the team. You kind of think to yourself, are we really going to do this loop in formation? Yes, we're just going to do it. We're going to see how it goes, and we're going to get better from there. I have found that throughout my life, if I have given it 100% of my effort, I have found that opportunities open doors. But it's because of them that I was able to say, I want to try to be a pilot. I want to try to apply to Blue Angels. And I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to think about obstacles. I just know that, hey, I meet these qualifications. I think I'd be a great candidate. Let me give it a shot. I think not just women in the Navy, I think overall to anybody, step outside your comfort zone, do things that make you nervous or that you're scared to do because you're always gonna surprise yourself at how well you can do and how brave you are. Isn't, I think- Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? And she's a really good F-18 pilot and she's so professional and she's talking about her job. She's talking about what, her, what she knows, her life and her, her profession. Um, and now you have guys like Millie and uh, what's his name, uh, the new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, talking about George Floyd and all this crazy political stuff. Uh, you can't do it in the lower ranks. You shouldn't be doing it at the higher ranks. I'll have more on General Brown. But for a moment, actually, let's uh, let's take a quick time. We've got Tara Reid on the phone. 
Tara, um, you called us. We didn't call you, so I'm going to have to verify your identity uh, because we get all kinds of people calling us sometimes. Uh, Tara Reed, are you there? I am here, and it's Tara. Um, I, I don't know. I know it's it's awkward. A friend of mine, Jen, from the uh, she's with the New York Victims Advocacy, and she had actually she's supporter a big supporter of your show, and she uh, gave me this number and said you should call him. All right, Tara, Tara, sorry about that. I've been calling you yeah. Tara for years, and I've actually interviewed you before. Okay. I do have to figure this out, though, just to be sure. Sure. Um, who was the major person who conducted an interview with uh, the first major interview you did? It was... Megan uh, Kelly. Yep, all right, very good. Um, when your mother called um, Larry King, what city was she calling from? San Luis Obispo, California. All right, you're Tara Reed. Nice to talk to you. Now, yes. how about this? Tara, are <laughs> okay. you in Russia? I am in Moscow, Russia. I'm now, what the hell asylum. did you go over there for? Um, I was, uh, my book was being translated into Russian, and I was here. And then um, I had spoken on the phone with Matt Gates, um, Congressman Matt Gates, because I was supposed to be testifying uh, before Congress against Biden. And I was told um, that my personal safety was at risk. And so I stayed. Um, Let me ask you this. Are you still a U.S. citizen? Of course, yes. I'm just under political asylum. So your friend at the law firm, you know, I don't know if uh, she saw this, but I think this might be one of the reasons why I'm on her radar. I put a video uh -huh. out that, that had your uh, observations and allegations mm -hmm. next to E. Jean Carroll's. You, you, right. you with the Megyn Kelly and E. Jean Carroll on Anderson Cooper, and my God, you are totally credible. You are totally together, and she is the opposite of that, total opposite of that. So, look, let me stop for a second. What do you want to say? Well, I want to say I, you probably haven't seen it, but I just put a tweet out. I'm at Reed at Reed Alexandra on X or you know Twitter, as we know it, and I put out a tweet about E. Jean Carroll. I just I confronted her because I had some DMs from her private messages from 2021, and I posted them on my Twitter. Um, but basically, I called her out because she was singing Biden's praises, and she had, behind the scenes, DM'd me support of me. And I said, what are you doing? You're being complicit with rape. And, um, you know, and she's lying. And she's being funded by Reed Hoffman, who is a big Democratic donor. Um, and all of this, is is very serious because and i don't want to get into the veracity of her case that's not why i'm calling i'm calling because the money behind her is corrupt and the weaponization of the doj by joe biden's regime has been unprecedented and we are losing our democracy my case is important to me of course what happened to me was horrible and i'm still fighting i'm fighting for justice i'm trying to get away to testify before congress I'm trying to get my FBI files opened, like what they were doing, their, their operation against me. There's a sealed case with an impaneled grand jury that's all sealed. I want to know what that case is against me, all because I came forward against Joe Biden and I was about to testify before Congress. Now look at the treatment of me and look at the treatment of Eugene Carroll. She's getting vote covers, money. She's adored in the press. I am dragged, ridiculed and attacked. But the same tactics that are used on me are being used 10 times worse 
on Donald Trump. And I didn't vote for Donald Trump, but nor did I vote for Joe Biden. But I support the fact that Donald Trump, while he was in office, never started another endless war. He didn't take our country into a crisis, constitutional crisis at the border. And he certainly didn't take us to economic ruin. All of these things Joe Biden has done. So on top of what he did to me, you know, and I tried to warn people in 2019, I said, if Joe Biden becomes president, he will take us to a war with Russia. And I got a lot of flack for that statement in the press, but it's true. And here we are. Um, all right. And by the way, I have to point out, obviously, allegations. And uh, look, I find you credible and you deserve to have your day in court. That's my opinion. I also believe the media, just like you said, have been unbelievably cruel and unfair, totally dishonest in their treatment of you. And you look mm-hmm. at what they did, not only, well, to, um, let's see, E. Jean Carroll, supporting her, glorifying her, but also Christine Blasey Ford. Now, wait a second. You, who, who, who's complicit in rape? I think you were talking real fast, and you said somebody's complicit in— E. Jean Carroll. How so? By, by what—if you look at my tweet I put out, too, by her supporting Joe Biden, she, she's basically implying that she's going to use some of her money to, to give to Joe Biden's campaign— and help him win. I get it. I get and it. And she, here, here yeah, she is. And I'm looking at your thing here. You're right. She's like on your side and girl power. And we're in this together. And all right. of a sudden she's just kind of blowing it off. And it's all about politics. So that that doesn't make sense, especially if you're from the Believe Women crowd. Uh, that's pretty that's pretty wild. Um, yeah. If you go to my Twitter at Greg Kelly USA at Greg Kelly USA, mm-hmm. I got a video up there that I told you about earlier. Um, you and E. Jean right next to each other. What years were you working for Joe Biden? This is not part of the test. I'm just curious again. When were you working for Joe Biden? I was hired in November of 1992 and was on staff until 1993 in the late summer. And, um, you know, I, I did file a report. That report is sealed in the University of Delaware files. Judicial Watch tried to get it opened, and it went all the way up to the Delaware Supreme Court, and they would not release Joe Biden's files. So I, I don't think it's just my case they're hiding. I think there's other things. And it's obvious by the amount of corruption that's been happening and that's come to light with Ukraine and with China and so on. Yeah, no, and uh, look, you know, the Justice Department, look at what they did to Donald Trump. Look at what they're doing to uh, other people who have uh, opposed them. What could they have done to you? I just want to say again yeah. that Donald Trump is being persecuted in a way I have never seen in my lifetime. And um, we have just we've lost the democracy. Um, and, and, and I just I don't understand there. The Democratic Party has had a deaf, you know, been deaf, tone deaf to their supporters for a long time. But now it's almost like a deep state sort of maniacal plan. And this is not a conspiracy theory to bring down a former president before he has a chance to run. It's, it's they're rigging the election. They're taking the voices of Americans away. Now, people have accused me of being a traitor or being, you know, defecting. I didn't defect. I, I had to protect my life and my family, and I did what I had to do. Couldn't you have gone to some way, other place? To, wait, wait, Tara, this yeah. is the thing. Cause I was gonna, couldn't you have gone to some other place other than Russia? I mean, you know, the critics— I, there are, they, they are countries gonna, yeah. that give political asylum that won't that won't um, you know give back to the U.S. Right? Two countries, Iran and Russia. Now, I happened to be in Russia at the time, 
and I applied for political asylum and I got it within a few weeks. And it's a complex process. They, they aren't that, you know, they have the same bureaucratic process the U.S. has around that kind of thing. But they found what, you know, whatever their background checks that they did, they found that I needed protection. If, if Congressman Matt Gates told me my personal safety was at risk, I listened to that and other data points that I got from former U.S. intelligence. And everyone was being clear. I was going to get put in a cage or I was going to be disappeared. And you would have maybe seen my story for a day or two, and I would have been forgotten about. Because that's how these people operate. It's like a mafia state right now. I, uh, I'm i not going to argue with you. I really think you're onto something, and I, you, you make a lot of sense. You came off very well in the interviews, and I think that means something. And when E. Jean Carroll says the crazy stuff that she says, yeah, she's still taking quote-unquote seriously, um, that's, a, that's a corrupt society. That is a backwards world. And um, wow. So what do you what do you do day to day? What are you doing over there? Well, first of all, I, I just want to say I love America and I miss my family and my pets. I miss my friends. Um, and I am an, an American that cares about our country. And that's why I took such a firm stand. And it's cost me my freedom. Um, I love, um, you know, I just want to say that I love my country. And so that's a misnomer. What I do day to day is Moscow, Russia is very thriving. Um, the things that you see in the media are not true. The economy is doing very well here. There's a lot of jobs. I have a job. I'm working. Um, I have a book that's coming out in a month. Um, everything's really affordable. Transportation, food. You know, it's been. All right. Very- you're not laying on that Russian disinformation on us, are you? I mean, uh, look, uh, this but is that's where. The thing. I mean, <laughs> like you, you have to walk around. But, you know, one thing I noticed is there's a focus on families here. And it kind of reminds me of how the U.S. was in the early 1980s. Or, you know, when I grew up, when I was a kid, it, it just has that feel. There's more of an innocence. There's more of a, a um, I don't know, a protection of family. Well, listen, I was there's, in Russia once. And yeah. granted, it was in the communist days in 1985. And, you know, Putin seems to be totally unhinged. Now, I don't want to get you in trouble with my observations about Russia. So we're going to no, leave. No, I mean, I mean you, you have your opinions and you're totally right to have those. But... He's taken his economy from when they were, you know, pretty much desecrated in the 1990s, and he's built there. There's a thriving middle right. class. Can I just run this by you, Tara? This is where people get like, and I think you give him ammunition yeah. because, you know, Putin doesn't have anything to do with uh, what happened to you at the hands, allegedly, of Joe Biden in 1992 yeah. or 93. So when you talk about that, I think it distracts from, you know, the main message that you have here. Don't the important- really? It's all connected, isn't it? Because I don't know. I don't know. Whenever the Democrats want to get rid of somebody, they call them a Russian asset. That's what they do. That's their playbook. That's well, what they did to Trump. And right. it was all false. I know, but you know, look, Trump didn't move to Moscow. I mean, you know, look, Tara, you've been through a lot, and I uh, I consider myself a supporter and an ally. All right. I think you should have your day in court. I think the media obviously should treat what you have to say with um, Mm -hmm. with seriousness and respect and uh, and make it safe for me to to testify before Congress. I was supposed to testify about the DOJ and the FBI being weaponized against American citizens. I was one of the people. There was more than me. I want to testify about that. I want to testify about my case. You can you can find you could help. Yeah, is is to get that path to justice that's what i need uh 
gee, I don't know how I can pull that off. Wait, what do you want me to do again? One more time. I mean, I, I'd love to do I, I'm not the emperor. Just, just give support and bring, and you have a loud voice. You have a, a big presence on, on social media. You know, remind them that I exist because they just tried to shove me away, you know. All right, Tara, do me a favor. We got to keep you on hold because since you've been on, uh, we we have to get. Um, I, they gotta they gotta ask you a question. So, um, by the way, Tara, yeah. I'm at Greg Kelly USA, and uh, that's the tweet that a lot of folks are talking about. It's right there, and I see yours, Tari. Great talking to you. Stay safe, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Is the Greg Kelly Show? So that was interesting. A little call from Moscow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I um, look. I said everything I wanted to say about that. Tara Reid, I think, has gotten a raw deal. You heard what she had to say about Russia. I know it does complicate things a bit, but uh, all right, where are we? I got to get out of here in a moment. Sandra, hello. Hello, Greg. You know. You tell me not to worry about Carol, E.G. and Carol, but I do. Look look at what she's already doing. Her tentacles are out. I didn't know she was going to give money to Biden. She's going to do all these things, you know, with the women who were abused by Trump. Give me a break. But I wanted to ask you, I don't think you mentioned it on your show. Maybe you did. But that judge that you don't like, that we don't like, Carol. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they worked at the same law firm, uh, Kravitz Swain, or one of those big law firms in the early 90s. I thought I mentioned it. If I didn't, uh, well, we're talking about it now. The judge, and apparently, according to reports, uh, they had a close relationship, like mentor mentee relationship. Uh, but there are lots of grounds for appeal and dismissal of this whole rotten case. That May or may not be one of them, but uh, yeah, I I heard about that. I saw that in the post. Sandra, thank you very much. Joel, you're in Israel. Yes, I am, and it's a great honor to uh, be on with you and right after Tara Reid. I've actually, if you're listening, Tara, I've been uh, sending you messages on Twitter, but I hope she gets tens of millions of dollars from the uh, Chinese plant, Biden, who actually did the crime uh, and Greg, I want to thank you because day after day, your keen insight and perspectives are helping the whole world. They are integrated. They're accurate. You remind your audience of things that we've forgotten. And in the haze of the intensity of everything we've gone through, you keep us uh, focused. So God bless you. Um, in terms of uh, uh, Jean Carroll, I just want to say that in her article on 2019, The Cut, she describes her... Um, abuse before she was even 10 years of age in very graphic and vivid details. And there's a lot of clinical research of flashbacks that occur in women that have gone through what she probably actually went through when she was eight or nine years old, but then she seems to have transferred it uh, onto Trump. Wow. And I Joel, really hope- I, we don't believe her. And uh, who knows, maybe there's a psychological explanation. Joel, thank you for the kind words very much. Barbara, I got to get to you before we go. Hi. Hi, Greg. I'm watching on television these these massive amounts of illegals coming to our border, and they keep showing the pictures of them walking, trotting, lines of them, tens of thousands at a time. And I couldn't. It's creepy. And I realize now why it reminds me of the Holocaust. It reminds me of the Jews being moved off to the Holocaust, to the absolute destruction and their death. They're both movements of people 
for evil reasons by evil people. Oh my goodness gracious! You're right. The visuals they do harken back. Wow! Thank you.